From WNYC, this is Money Talking. I'm Charlie Herman. President-elect Donald Trump is trying to fill his administration with appointed officials and cabinet secretaries, and it hasn't been going very smoothly. As he tries to convince people to join his team, though, there are some people, especially here in New York, who are already getting on board, and that's Wall Street. You can see that not only in the rising stock market, but in recent comments from leaders of the financial industry. Well, joining me are Aaron Elstein with Crane's New York Business and Sheila Kohatkar at The New Yorker. Good morning. Morning. Sheila, first take me back to that bygone era, you know, before the election. What was Wall Street's attitude towards Trump? Well, I think this really funny thing has happened, which is that Trump campaigned on this very anti-establishment, I'm fighting for the little guy, really strong, fiery populist message. But so now it seems during this confusing, somewhat chaotic seeming transition period that in fact, what we're going to see is just a reversion to these old, very right wing economic ideas based on gutting regulation, gutting taxes for business owners and especially very wealthy people, and in order to pay for all that, just gutting the government. But Aaron, if this is where things are going, uh, especially on the regulation front, why is that a surprise to Wall Street? He was talking about making a lot of changes to the Dodd-Frank rule, uh, but there was not a lot of support for him. They were very confused by him. Uh, he's he's not really one of them, you know. He's this sort of uh, marketing guy, you know, reality TV star guy. I don't think they knew quite what to make of him. Not many Wall Street people were publicly in favor of him. Um, Carl, I- Carl Icahn, a guy named Anthony Scaramucci, who's one of his big backers. But the silence from Wall Street was really striking during the campaign. Well, not just silence; they were giving a lot of money to Hillary, and they were giving money to Hillary. Well, I think they saw Trump as being unpredictable and perhaps uncontrollable, and they didn't necessarily love a lot of what Hillary had to offer. But I think that they saw her as a much more familiar, predictable person who would at least listen to reason. I mean, they knew they could at least get her ear. And with Trump, it was very unclear whether he would listen to anybody. I mean, it just anything could happen. Okay, so let's listen to something that Trump said before the election. The hedge fund guys are getting away with murder. They're making a tremendous amount of money. They have to pay tax. But then at the recent New York Times Dealbook conference, you had the well-known hedge fund manager, Bill Ackman, say this. I woke up extremely bullish on Trump, believe it or not. And uh, my thinking is as follows. The United States is the greatest business in the world, and it's been undermanaged for a very long period of time. We now have a businessman as a president, and he has power. What, what happened? His taxes are going down. But he said his taxes were going to go up. Well, in fact, Trump has said that he's going to eliminate this carried interest special tax loophole. Which would hurt Bill Ackman and hedge fund. hurt people like Bill Ackman, hedge fund and private equity fund managers. However, at least so far, he's planning to replace it with even more favorable tax treatment. Basically, a straight across the board 15% or lower business tax that even more billionaires could qualify for. So in fact, their taxes are going down and they might have a different name for what they're doing in the future. But it will be even more favorable to them. Don't forget, he needs Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell to sign off on any kind of tax changes. They may have different opinions on what Trump wants to do. So is Wall Street getting too far ahead of itself and maybe getting a little bit too exuberant? No, I don't think so. I think this is real. I think there's going to be a major rollback in regulation, and I'll give you some examples. The Dodd-Frank law, this was Obama's big legislative response to the crisis, they created something called the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. This is the bureau that found all those sham accounts at Wells Fargo. It's a real regulator. It's going to get defanged. It might still exist, but it will have no budget, no authority. So are you seeing a world then where a lot of the regulations that were put in place after the financial crisis – uh, that in a way were to try and restrain banks from engaging in risky behavior and at the same time consumer protections that we can just say goodbye to all that. 
I think that's fair to say this has been something that Paul Ryan and other Republicans have been desperate to do for a long time. Now, it's not clear if this was all by design or this weird sort of happy accident has occurred, but suddenly their vehicle has arrived and it's Trump and his sort of crazy, I'll do anything message. They don't need Congress to sign off on any of this. This is stuff that Trump can do on his own. They want to roll back, say, um, capital requirements for banks, which have forced them to set aside more money and lower their profits. They can undo all of that by themselves. If they want to gut the various financial regulators like the OCC, like the FDIC, they can do that. But at the same time, we've also gotten some very clear messages that Trump does not like big mergers, the the consolidation of power. There's a big one that's pending right now with AT&T and uh, uh, Time Warner. Do we think that we'll see that getting stopped? Because that's something that Wall Street, they like mergers. We certainly don't know what he thinks of things like the AT&T and Time Warner merger. But from what we hear from the people who look like they're going to work for his administration, they are ideologically in favor of letting those kinds of deals go through. Is this what the voters wanted, uh, especially that populist sense that we have a rigged system? No. Uh, this, well, this seems to – I mean this seems no, to be – No, this is not what Joe Sixpack in Pontiac, Michigan voted for. This is not going to bring back the rotting factory – in the middle of Minnesota, this is not going to do much for those people. But couldn't you argue it will free up the restrictions on the industry? They have been saying we can't loan as much. We can't give to businesses. We yeah, can't none of it's for- true. They're making a fortune in banking right now. So, you know, whenever they complain about regulation, which is all the time, look at how much money they're making. They're doing okay. I agree. Corporate profits are at record levels. The stock market has been doing very well. It's not like that sector of the economy has been hurting at all. They have been choosing not to make loans to small businesses and instead have been deploying their immense capital resources to buy back shares, to do sort of tax inversion deals, to do other things. That that is a choice and it's not something they were forced to do because of regulations. Okay, if I worked on Wall Street right now and just heard this conversation, I would think, Man, you guys are painting a really bad picture. I mean, we are not going to – we're not out to destroy the economy or something, and these regulations were too burdensome. This is actually going to be a good thing overall for the economy. These burdensome regulations were created after the greatest financial crisis of our lives, and um, one thing they have done is stopped that from happening again. And I would be really, really careful about uh, going back to the period of 2004, 2005. That housing bubble was a lot of fun until it wasn't. Well, I was astonished to see reports that he was considering offering the Treasury Secretary job to Jamie Dimon. And I sort of thought... The CEO of of J.P. Morgan Chase. CEO of J.P. Morgan Chase, one of the most powerful people in the financial world, very highly regarded by many people. But how is that any different from something that a critic of Hillary Clinton would suggest she would have done? It's not. I mean, that's what's astonishing is that now that Trump is suddenly having to kind of put put some real action behind all this like really fiery rhetoric, we're seeing very old, familiar kind of reactionary responses. And it's just not encouraging. You know, the other candidate for Treasury Secretary is a guy named Steve Mnuchin, who is his finance chairman. And Steve is an alum of Goldman Sachs. Let's think how many Goldman alumni have been Treasury Secretary in the last 20 years. Several. Yeah. Aaron Elstein is a senior reporter for Crane's New York Business. And Sheila Kohatkar is a staff writer at The New Yorker. Thank you both for joining. Thanks. Thank you. And I'm Charlie Herman, and this is Money Talking from WNYC.